Hey everybody, uh, it's Jason, your host. We're about to get into the season two premiere with the podfather himself, Jimmy Pardo, delightful friend of several of my podcasts. Um, and uh, we did, uh, since this is the new season, we did record a video episode of this for our Patreon subscribers. Now, um, that said, this is a new thing for the professional blur. I've been doing it on my other shows. If you go to patreon.com slash stolen dress, you um, can subscribe to my other shows or to all my shows, um, including this one now. But what I'm going to do for this season premiere is release this first video episode for free. And um, that's going to be at youtube.com slash stolen dress or youtube.com slash jklam, J-K-L-A-M-M. I imagine stolen dress is easier, but they both go to the same address. And uh, so you just check those out. That will uh, get you this season premiere episode in video. And what do you, what does that mean? Well, in this case, it means I can throw in clips of people. Sometimes it'll be just pictures probably, but um, it is a clip from uh, Light of Day, if I'm not mistaken, is the name of the movie. I've already forgotten it uh, with uh, Michael J. Fox that uh, Jimmy has uh, an extra role in. And uh, he helped me and uh, we very carefully nailed down where he is in these frames. And so that's the kind of stuff you get to see. Obviously, you also get to see us um, talking uh video wise visually those are the words um so anyway that'll be what you can get if you do uh, go to the patreon um at uh, again patreon.com slash stolen dress um there will be a patreon tier that you can subscribe to separately uh or you can just subscribe to uh friends of everything which means you get all my podcasts all the bonus content and if there will be other bonus uh, audio things for this as well also be posting those um those will probably go up uh you know stories from me and other people anyway enough of that uh check all that out and now enjoy jimmy pardo on the season premiere of season two of the professional blur you're listening to The Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Professional Blur podcast, the only podcast about extra work, background acting work with me, I am delighted to say, is Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're welcome. I don't know what I've done yet other than shown up. I uh, should make this whole podcast just preamble. That should be, Jimmy, thank you. It's so uh, great to have you here. I appreciate it. I love that you're here. I should just make it that. I would. There, there was a guy. He said he, he passed away. I want to say last year, or the year before. A guy named Chet Kopic, who was mm-hmm. a sports guy in Chicago, who would go uh, coming up next. We got uh, from the Chicago Bulls, uh, number twenty-three, uh, and then he would just go on and on and on and on. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Uh, Michael, blah blah blah. He'd ask him one thing, and the Michael would answer him, and he go, "That's it. That's all the time we have." It's like <laughs> forty-five minutes to introduce the guy. Oh, it's amazing. That he was quality. Uh, he was great. Chet Kopic. <laughs> you're dime you're dance floor that's what you used to always say i i so you're gonna have to like at some point there might be points where i accidentally reiterate parts of your career that we've talked about well you know i guess it we're gonna have to because this is a different show there's a different, different show this, who don't listen to comedy on vinyl you are a chicago gentleman uh from I, chicago that is to say i a uh, yes i grew up uh, initially in this in the city mm-hmm. of chicago then we moved to um uh hometown illinois mm-hmm. And then we moved to Oak Forest, Illinois, and then I, I lived in Orland Park for a little bit of time uh, with, a, with a lady friend, and then that disastrously ended, and uh, then I, moved, I live in Los Angeles. Good. <laughs> what the fuck that was um, supposed to be building to? I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Thank you. Uh, but tell us who you are, <laughs> the most famous person who's done the show. That's fine. Tell us who you are, what you do, what you're known for, and then we'll get into All right. your extra work. Uh, my name is Jimmy Pardo. I guess I'm best known at this point for my podcast, uh, the award-winning Never Not Funny, but I've done stand-up for decades. I have a special on Comedy Central that came out uh, almost 20 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. 2002, uh, that somebody just the other day said they said they, they just saw recently and still enjoyed. Uh, I don't believe that person, but I still took the compliment. <laughs> um I worked for Conan O'Brien for eight years as his warm-up comic, as well as some on-air stuff. I've done a a little bit of acting. Mm -hmm. I've I've hosted TV shows. I've hosted a gazillion pilots of game shows and talk shows. Yeah. Um, That's really what I'm most known for is like stand-up and hosting and stuff. But I've done a little bit of acting. I think that brings you up to who I am on Mm -hmm. the professional blur. Sure. Uh, I will. We'll get to it. But my background image today is from a particular episode of Oh, I see. In. And if um, I'm not mistaken, that is you over yeah, the that, shoulder that of me. Evan o- over. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Quicksilver. Is that what he is in the X-Men universe? He's Quicksilver. Oh, I don't know. I I, yeah. I, I, I know him from a, I know he went on to American Horror Story and mm. um, 
He also ended up being a superhero. Evan, what's his name? Evan. Uh, Some, I, don't I don't know. I don't want to give too much away uh, uh-huh. yet. Yet about that particular. Uh, that's experience. absolutely fine. No, no, no. We, 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 that's that's. You have lines in that, sir. So we can't get there yet. Um, uh, yes, that's true. But I want to know what your first time on a set was. Period of any kind. First time on a set was in uh, 1986. Okay. Maybe late 80, yeah, in 86. Uh, it might have been early 87, but I don't remember. But I want to say late, uh, at some point, late 86, early 87, uh, the movie The Light of Day, starring Michael J. Fox and Joan Jett, mm-hmm. uh, came to Chicago and they had a uh, casting call to be extras or whatever in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so on a Saturday afternoon, I and a friend of mine was a photographer, and so I brought some headshots with me because... I was a professional actor, man, mm-hmm. even though I had done zero acting. I, I've done, you know, some plays uh, okay. in high school, uh, but I don't even think at this point, I, I don't even think I did some any community theater or anything like that. And, okay. and so I, I don't know what made me think I was more than an extra going to the extra call. You know what I mean? I don't know what mm-hmm. made me think that, but I really did. I really thought like, uh, well, they're going to see my headshot and put it at the top of the pile. And I'm going to end up being uh, I'm going to get a role in this movie. Of course, so, you're going to be Michael J. Fox's best friend. Uh, but that's that's what I thought was going to happen. I didn't know how movies worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got down there and I uh, here's the here's the great thing that happened from from the, the being in, in line at the um, um, at the at the basically just a cattle call is what it was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you would submit your you, you'd say hello to some casting person who was probably just an intern of some sort. They would ask you a couple of questions. You'd give them their eight by ten. When I gave them my eight by ten, I remember her going, "Oh, that'll work." And it was like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" I thought that was a professional photograph. And uh, and and I even remember like rolling my eyes at somebody like before me in line that didn't have a photo, and they would have to use a a Polaroid for that person. It was like, "Look at this person, not even prepared." <laughs> and uh, and then with mine, she was like, "Oh yeah, that'll work." Uh, and then still took the Polaroid. So I because uh, I, I don't think it worked is what I'm getting. Sure. So. But the good thing that came out of that was uh, the guy that was in front of me in line, and I, I'll never remember his name. He could be famous at this point. I have no clue. But he was like, oh, yeah, I take classes at Players Workshop of Second City. Mm-hmm. And like that was after like two hours of, of being in line and making each other laugh. And he's like, he goes, you know, you ever thought about doing that? And I go, I, I haven't. But uh, he's like, yeah, you should, do, you should do that. You should take classes at Second City. I think you know, that would be good for you. And, and so that was the good thing that came out of that cattle call was I met that guy who then told me about players workshop of second city mm-hmm. and I went there and then I uh, that summer so I guess that would have been 80 I guess it would have been 87 then because I took classes there like from February to August of 87 okay uh no fuck 86 I'm wrong I was wrong completely wrong 86 okay that's what you said uh, the first time all right so that okay. makes sense right. uh, yeah um so I so that was what that was cool that came out of that casting yeah. call uh, is that it got me to go to Second City uh, take classes there. So uh, then you, uh, and again, this was exciting because it was. It's not Hollywood. It's not just signing up with a with an extras agency. And mm-hmm. um, so they said, if if we're interested, we will call you. Right. So I was at the record store that I was at the, at the time, the assistant manager, and um, the phone rang, and they said we're looking for Jim Pardo. That's what you know. I went by Jim in those days, and mm-hmm. I said, uh, this is he. And they said, this is so and so calling from uh, the light of day. Uh, we want to hire you. And it was like, what? Oh, uh, all right. So uh, we want to hire you. So be there at uh, 730 tomorrow morning. Here's the address. Uh, you know, there weren't fax. You know, we, nobody was faxing yet. Sure. There was sure. no email. So we take down the, here's the address. It said to me way too quickly. And uh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be a, you're a patron in a rock club. You're in a rock club. So come dressed like you're a rocker. My God. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. all right. And uh, you know, so I, you know, I, I, I was, you know, and she's like, yeah, you know, uh, typical rock stuff, bandana, earring, that sort of thing. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? What, what about my photograph made you think this is me? What, what, what are you talking about? And, and then even when I, so, so that was, but I was very excited and I had to, I had to wait for my manager to come in so that I could say, Hey, I just got the call. Uh, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be on the movie tomorrow. Again, not knowing really anything about being an extra not, i didn't really under, know anything yeah 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 yeah. so i said hey can i have the day off and he was of course he said yes and so i uh you know i got down there with my uh you know you know she the woman's i think she said wear jeans and a t-shirt and then the you know bring a bandana earring and that sort of thing so i remember i brought a clip-on earring 
that I, I think I went like the Claire's boutique on my break that night yes. and, and bought the earring. So I would be ready. And I, I think I may have bought a bandana too. And, and so I was ready. I remember I had the bandana tied around my, uh, around my thigh. Cause that was a thing at that time. If yeah. you were a quote unquote, a rocker. So I did that and, and I got there and I said, you know, my hair was maybe, maybe a little longer than it is now. Not much. Uh-huh. And I remember saying when I checked in, like, Hey, I'm here to be a rocker. I said, I don't really know. And they go, I don't, you know, oh, no, we, uh, you know, all, all different types go to a rock club. It's not just guys who look like rockers. Like, so like, but you know, but put your earring on. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I had the earring on and I'm, you're waiting, you know, you're waiting in the corral for them to say, uh, for somebody to, you know, this for somebody to come in and go, okay, you, you, and you, mm-hmm. you know, come on. So I happened to befriend a guy there. And again, I don't know his name. Uh, he happened to uh, just coincidentally, he happened to go to players workshop of second city, uh, on a different night than me. Oh, but okay. It was, uh, or he might've just gone to regular second city and I went to players workshop. They were connected, but they weren't at the same mm-hmm. time. I went to the one that Bill Murray was affiliated with. And, uh, but again, that wasn't the one that, uh, you know, Colbert and Carell and oh, okay, right. uh, all, all those guys, Mike Myers, they all went to second city and this was players workshop of second city. Um, and um, but but famous people came out of it, like Matt Walsh from UCB went to Players mm-hmm. Workshop and uh, and some other folks that, I, that, uh, that I, whose names I can't remember at the moment. But um, so I remember just sitting around and, and befriending this guy and and him kind of figuring out like I forget what he did, but he finagled it to where like, hey, if we just do this, we'll be able to be in every scene. I forget okay. What, okay. what it was. And so. They finally called us. They said, hey, you, you, you. And this was after, like, I, I think I was there like seven hours and, and not being used. Oof. And, like, Ugh. just sitting there and, and waiting. And, but also not knowing that how terrible that is. You know yeah, what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, of course. It's your first time. Yeah. That's it's fair. your first time. And it's in Chicago. It's not in Hollywood. It's, it's yeah. like, this is interesting and unique. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm quote, unquote, special. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, they called me and they went, okay, you take off that earring. That was the first thing they said to me. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and I can't remember if I, if, if I was told to take the bandana off my thigh or not, but uh, uh, I, I don't remember. So the first scene was us, uh, Michael J. Fox was um, walking out of the, uh, where the band was playing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And going through the front doors, I think, do we shoot at the Cabaret Metro or the Riviera? I forget where it was shot, but, uh, and then he would, he would go, uh, he would walk out and, uh, while people were kind of uh, the concerts ending and we're all filing out. So, uh, the scene would be, uh, you know, okay, action, uh, you know, background, blah, blah, you know, however it works, I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we start coming down the stairs and then Michael J. Fox, uh, would walk past and, uh, I cut and then. We did that, you know, 75,000 times. And mm-hmm. I do remember that that dummy jackass, I'm, I'm an actual actor, <laughs> uh, went up to the assistant director and said, I, and I'm not, I wish I was kidding. I wish I was kidding. <laughs> what band did we just see? I'd like to be referencing that when I'm talking to my... <laughs> yeah. Boy, so do good, I... but you don't know any better. That's beautiful. Oh, you don't. And God. I felt, I, but so I felt good. like... Like now that I know better, what mm-hmm. up? I that guy should have <laughs> laughed at me and mm-hmm. sent me up. But he was nice enough. He goes, he goes, you know what? Let me find out for you. Like he was nice oh about it. Oh my god, it. that's the nicest fucking reaction ever. Holy shit! Right? Uh, <laughs> let me find out for you. Uh, and oh yeah, that's a good question. Let me find out. I, I remember mm-hmm. him because because he could have made me feel small and he yeah. didn't. Yeah. Uh, like dude, walk down the fucking stairs. Like is what he should have <laughs> said. <laughs> sure, that's normally how it goes. Yeah. So we did that <laughs> scene, and in one of the takes. I happened to be standing right next to Michael J. Fox oh, God. and they didn't give us any rule of like, don't talk to Michael or sure. nothing like that was said, but, but nobody really did. But then Michael turned to me and he's like, Hey man, how you doing today? Oh, fuck yeah. And I said, uh, I go, Oh, I'm doing great. You know, mm-hmm. I'm having a nice day. But then dummy says, you know, I'm actually an actor, Mike. And I'm just here. <laughs> like, I mean, it just made a, just, I, I just remembered like, now again, looking back, how pathetic that had. like it's like an open micer telling, you know, uh, Steve Martin. You know, I'm a comic too. You know, <laughs> not, you know, you're not. You're you're here today making eight bucks an hour, buddy. Uh, you know, they just told you to take an earring off. That's how little you understood this thing. Uh-huh. So, and he was like, he goes, "Oh, are you? Have you done anything?" Well, I've done. You know, I did theater, and you know, I, I mean, he was very nice about it. He yeah. was very very nice. 
Uh, I think I may have said if you're interested in getting some lunch afterwards, I may yes. have said that. Come on. I, uh, I don't care. That's amazing. That's, I, a, that's a good move. I I, I, I may I may have said that. I, I may have said that. I hope you did. Um, and I, the reason that it's cloudy for me is is because uh, what I'm about to tell you. So okay. So I we did that scene, and he said, "What's your name?" He, I said, "I'm Jim," and he, he was nice enough. And so then back to the corral. Hey, if, if we need you again, we'll call you. So again, this guy from the, the that I befriended somehow figured out like we just if we stand over here, we'll get called again, even though we shouldn't get called again because we just were, we were literally just inside, mm-hmm. right? We're inside coming downstairs. So they call us and they uh, they actually I remember they asked like hey what kind of car does everybody have, you know uh, mm-hmm. who wants to make extra money and yeah. and drive in this seat, and I was like well I have a Fiero they're like ah oh, no that's too nice of a car I'm like oh okay well that's very nice of you but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and they said but you know what let's use you 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 and and then they grabbed that other guy and they go you two come on come with us, and so this so the next scene that was shot was Michael continuing his walk he just walked past me mm-hmm. coming downstairs. Now he's walking outside and he almost gets hit by a car. That's the scene mm-hmm. in the movie. And so what you see is now this scene is me walking into the venue. Okay. So if you're smart enough to, to <laughs> see this, if you're looking with eagle eyes, you see Jimmy Pardo walking into the venue and then walking downstairs and leaving the venue, like within seconds of each other. That's so good. Um, <laughs> so we're doing that take of him. And what I found it years later, I, I found interesting is like he knew right away when a take wasn't happening. Like he mm-hmm. knew like instantly this isn't uh, this is not going to be usable, but we got to see it through or whatever. So mm-hmm. one time he went through, he went past and this was fun. This was a fun story for me to tell for years. Uh, as I would walk past him, he kind of I, I don't want to say punch because that's overstating. He kind of like, you know, uh, whacked me in the stomach. <laughs> and he went, he goes, what's up, Jimbo? And uh, and I remember thinking how cool it was because I just met him and said my name an hour earlier. And he remembers that. And, and he's like, what's up, Jimbo? And he hits me. And then, uh, you know, all right, cut. And then back to <laughs> back to the thing. And then we did that take another, I don't know, uh, 400 times or whatever course, it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the reason it took so long was the guy that who did who did get to drive the car. Uh, it was it was supposed to stop, and then Mike is supposed to kind of get out of the way of the car, mm-hmm. and this guy was never getting close enough. And I remember that Michael Michael J. Fox was even getting frustrated, like, "Dude, pull it up to the line!" Like he was like, and I remember <laughs> thinking, "He's not a he's, he's not a professional driver, he's a stunt he's man. Yeah, come just on, a guy." <laughs> so he uh, so we had to do that scene a bunch, and while we were waiting for that, Michael J. Fox's stand-in came over to me and said, hey, do you know Michael? And I said, no. And he goes, well, why did he hit you and say, hey, what's up, Jimbo? And I was like, I don't know, just being nice. And so then his stand-in, who looked a heck of a lot like Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. uh, was chit-chatting and with me. And then I, I, and I know this one's a fact, I said, hey, you want to get something to eat after this? <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, yeah, okay, let's do that. And uh, so I don't remember if I also invited Michael J. Fox <laughs> Or if I just invited his stand-in, but I know I did it, and I know how ridiculously pathetic that is as well. I recognize how sad and needy and pathetic that is. I mean, on a level, I see where you're coming from because it's you, and you're reliving your own life and how and how that might make you feel. But on another level, I'm like, I mean, if you have an opportunity to ask Michael J. Fox out to dinner or lunch or whatever, I would take that. He's a year off of Back to the Future. Back to the Future had just come out when you're doing this, like a right. few months I- before. He was on the cover of uh, Rolling Stone magazine, like the very wow. next week. Like he yeah. was the the biggest star in the world, and he was my height. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of wanted to like he was my idol for that. He was a funny actor. He's sure. one of the best sitcom actors of all time. Yes. And I was like, and I guess I'm kind of feel the same as you. Like, like, uh, what's the worst that happens? He says yeah. no. Like, right uh, now, I would never do that. Of but course. Then. You know, why not? And I'm sure he rolled his eyes and went, here's another fucking extra that wants to be friends with me or whatever the hell. And then when the shoot was over, I was walking out with the with the lookalike to go to our cars to then go to. It was a famous deli that was not far from where we shot. I forget the name of it. Okay, we were going to head there and his car had been towed. So now (laughs) it was my responsibility. uh, And by that, I mean, I'm I'm saying that very uh, flippantly. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was my responsibility to uh, wait with him and then take him to the tow truck yard. So 
this thing of me saying want to get lunch turned into me bringing him to the like instead of getting home at one in the morning i got home at four in the morning mm-hmm. uh because i had to wait with this guy for his car to get out of the pound uh as the whole and the whole time he was whining about it as if it was my fault that he got towed <laughs> when in reality i didn't know anything about the, i don't know anything about it, you know what I mean? like so that was my first time on a set. That Holy long-winded shit. story was my first time on the set ever. No, no, those that was filled with gems. I was just thinking, can you imagine if they'd have both said yes, though? That would have been an interesting dinner or lunch, whatever it was. But Well, the the best part about it, if they both would have said yes, was Mike. There's no way Mike was going to wave around for that car to get out of the pound. Yeah, I know. I was going to say. I would have gone with Mike. I'm <laughs> uh-huh. not going to stick around with the, with the lookalike, with fake Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the one wow. thing I left out was uh, at lunch break, uh, uh, Joan Jett was not shooting that day, but mm-hmm. she came to the set and had lunch with the extras. And I found that oh very God. Uh, first of all, I, I just assumed, well, that's what people do. That's you're she, right. She came here for lunch. That's what, uh, that's how they eat. And now that I understand show business, uh, how mm-hmm. crazy that is it's a insane. and B that she sat with the extras. Like, like that was, she didn't go to her. Tra- tra- it was bananas that's remarkable right i i think i've only heard and i apologize if i'm forgetting anybody who did eat with the extras on a show i've been on but i was on the west wing and they were like "Uh, it's too bad martin isn't here because martin sheen eats with the extras every day wait Uh, what yes apparently he used to be an extra and according to the guys on set that's what he did every time and i've told this story before too but i'm also on set at the time we're all supposed to be white house like reporters or something in a room and we didn't get used totally cut from the episode but one of the other guys with me is a guy who had moved from washington dc because he's one of the guys who got um an envelope full of anthrax and he decided hey i'm done with washington dc i'm now going to be an extra Uh-oh. go to and and now he's playing a guy in washington dc which i thought was fun um, that's what he claimed. Anyway, he claimed he got one of the anthrax. Uh Oh, you lose me again. Oh no. Um, well, you're back. Anthrax. Uh, uh, so just assume I didn't interrupt your story. Yeah, <laughs> no, no you're fine. Truly. Scott Ian. That's not true. Uh, but I did say anthrax. Uh, but, uh, yeah, long story short, he was, he got an, an envelope of anthrax and supposedly wow. came out here and decided he's going to try his hand at extra work, which is a weird and thing to do. That person today mm-hmm. is John Hamm. It's the first Good thing I could think of, if only because he was on your show last week yeah, well, and talked about extra work. Um, interestingly enough. Yes, he enough. did. I yeah. was fascinated by that, by the way, that because mm-hmm. uh, I knew John was just a working actor. But yes, I, I you don't imagine that work. Uh, he doesn't have a character enough look to me to be an extra. You know what I mean? Like they would just right. show up and go, Dude, we can't have you in the background. You're too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, I mean, sometimes they blend. It's one. It's it's weird when that when when you find out because there's some people who I've met who are like, oh no, I would never do extra work, and I'm like, really? Okay, good for you. Uh, fucking bravo. But uh, John Hamm did it. God damn it. Um, right. And so apparently Martin Sheen did too. So yeah. there's two great actors. Uh, so why are you better than that? Right. That's that's what I'd like to know. Uh, well, my next question is usually, what's your first extra gig? But your first time in a set was your first extra gig, which I yes, find- it was. Interesting and fascinating. Um, oh, and your first celebrity meeting was obvious. Good God, Michael J. Fox. That's your first like onset. Fucking goddamn it, that's good. So, yeah, that's just remarkable. Obviously, he's a huge hero of mine. Um, well, we're gonna move down the line a little bit to what's your first lo- line in a production of first of any line? Kind? Yeah, uh, was on the Naked Truth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The the Taya Leone, Taya Leone uh, sure. situation comedy. Um, uh-huh. A stand-up comedian who uh, named John Rigi, R-I-G-G-I, I want to say is, uh, he ended up uh, writing out Larry Sanders and writing for Gary Shandling, doing a bunch of stuff, in addition to being a brilliant stand-up. And then he became the showrunner on uh, The Naked Truth. Oh, okay. And uh, he called me up uh, one night and said, and I knew John from the road, and John was always very supportive of me. And uh, uh, this was, I had just moved to, uh, boy, I don't remember how long was I in LA when I got my first line in a sitcom? It was whenever that the, the North Hollywood bank robbery was, oh, I Jesus, shot it. Was I shot it that day. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, because crap. I remember being scared that I wasn't going to be able to get to the set until it occurred to me that nobody can, because mm-hmm. if you can't, nobody can, because those, the streets are all closed off for this. Uh, are you looking that up? Jason? Yeah. February 28th, 97. Uh, okay. So I moved, uh, well, you know what? I had already done some. Ah, that's not. You know, I did a I did a pilot mm-hmm. before that with Gary oh. Coleman. What? Uh, I'm yes, sorry. I, I did a uh, uh, I did a non-union pilot with Gary Coleman called "Looking Up at the Nightly News," uh, where, if I'm not mistaken, all of the cast members were on the shorter side. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. So looking up at the nightly news and I was, I got hired. I got, I got cast. I auditioned, went through a bunch of uh, callbacks and I was the sports guy uh-huh. uh, doing the very stereotypical uh, talking like a sports guy. Hey, we're not a sports guy. Welcome. I'm, I'm, it's Jimmy with sports. And we're coming up. Uh, anyway, what I was talking about, like then going mm-hmm. into the regular voice. Anyway, welcome back to sports. We've got a lot going on. <laughs> Luke Robitaille. Um, and I remember them just laughing like crazy at the audition. And then I got the role mm-hmm. and, um, and then the show, uh, obviously never went anywhere, but, uh, mm-hmm. that was my first gig, but, and, but when you, but I got my SAG card in my first line that, and actually on television. So I guess I was yeah. answering your question. What was my first line on television? Yeah. Um, that was, you know, n- not stand up comedy, mm-hmm. uh, was John Reggie called me up the night before that, uh, uh, that heist of the North Hollywood bank robbery. He called me up the night before, maybe two nights before, and said, uh, hey, how'd you like to get your SAG card? And I Man. was like, that'd be great. And he's like, uh, all right, uh, I'll have it, uh, I'll have the uh, the casting department reach out. And then I got there, and my, I had my one line, and mm-hmm. my one line was, um, this woman wanted to see you. That was my line. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she was there to talk to a police officer. I was a... I, th- I think I'm in a uniform, uh, okay. uh, you know, like a patrolman type uniform. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I walk into the room, into the interrogation room with Taylor Leone. Robbie Benson was the director. Mm. And um, I, I remember him giving me direction and not knowing he was talking to me until he was completely done telling me the direction and then not wanting to embarrass myself by going, what? Because I <laughs> didn't Fuck. know that he was talking to me. Um, no. And luckily, I was like, okay, I think he said to do this, this, this. Okay, that worked out. And yeah. it ended up being okay. But, um, <laughs> and so I remember that was uh, that day. Uh, I remember being so, like, literally being that guy, you know, the Brady Bunch, uh, stop, who goes there? Whatever that line is from the Brady Bunch, you know, uh, it just, uh, this woman wanted to see you. This woman wanted to see you. This woman wanted to see you. Like, doing that over, that over and over yeah. in my dressing room uh, <laughs> for hours. Of course. And then, getting on the set and here's the beauty of this. And I, I, at the time I remember being stressed out about it, but now I, I see it as a, as a blessing. Taya Leone was dating David Duchovny at the time. Mm-hmm. And she had a, I'll just make up a time. She had a five fifteen flight and we started shooting my scene at four o'clock. <laughs> and she says, I'm not giving you, I, I, I gotta go. I got that plane to go see David. I got 15 minutes. Let's do this. Holy so, shit. It literally was like maybe three te- three takes. Wow. And then uh, done. Holy fuck. Uh, and she gave me, I, I guess, I, I was supposed to lead her in by the arm. This woman wanted to see you. And I was maybe going a step too quickly. And my shadow was casting uh, in the room where they were mm. shooting. And she's like, and she was like, oh, and not meanly. Very mm-hmm. like, oh, watch the shadow. Like, All right. uh, very kindly. Now, yeah, one could nice. say. Okay. Maybe she does. She, hey, dummy, stop with the shadow so she can get on a plane. But uh, it was very nice. And then I got the, uh, you know, I, I remember being very excited. I had my one line and uh, people said, uh, great job. And that was it. That was my mm-hmm. first line on television. Isn't it amazing? You're you're now making me think, A, how many times in this business? And I don't have, I don't, I'm not in SAG or anything. But I've still had plenty of these same moments where it's like, oh, this is it. Uh, plenty of times. And then at the very least, if you have enough of those, the magic kind of at least stays with you a bit because I still get chills when I'm on a set. I love it. But like you've had like, oh yeah, I'm on set with Michael J. Fox. This is fucking, this is going to be the thing. And it's not. Then you're yeah, it, working it, with Harry Coleman. <laughs> yeah, right. Not only is it not, it's not. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Like, the, mm-hmm. like, you know, I was back at the record store the next day and, sure, uh, you know, regaling everybody with the stories of my time on set. Of course. Uh, and and then yeah, I kind of thought like, well, here here we go, naked truth. Here's the flip. Everybody's mm-hmm. gonna know now. I got I got the SAG card. My I remember my dad had a my dad had a wire the money to SAG so that I could oh my god my, yeah get my SAG card to to be to do the role right and, yeah I, I, however it used however it used to work maybe That's it still works that way okay um there's or, no way it paid you enough for to get into the did it. For what I, I I don't even know your finances, Jimmy. There, but, there's no there's no right? way, right? There's no one way. line. I can't imagine that. No, I I think uh, what would that have been? <clears throat> Maybe five hundred dollars and getting into SAG might have been thirteen hundred dollars or something right, like that. But right, because it's but like I do remember my now. dad. My dad was kind enough to wire the money. Wow. Uh, going. Oh yeah, you got it, Jim. More than happy to help you. You know, if it, if it gets it, if it probably in his head, if it gets you moving, let's go. Whatever <laughs> right. whatever it takes to yeah for this dream to either end or keep moving. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was very nice. My my, my friend, I, I I haven't seen him in years, but um, uh, Mark Roberts was uh, a series regular on that, and he went on to create Mike and Molly and oh, some other things. So it was very nice that you know the the many hours I had of downtime, like he came into my dressing room and we laughed and joked and everything. And so while I was obsessing about my one line, uh, mm-hmm. at least I was able to laugh and have a good time on the while I was waiting uh, uh, to do my scene. Jesus Christ, though, the pressure. I'm sorry, but my God, 15 minutes or whatever that was so that she can it fly was, to Vancouver. Holy crap. And again, it was just one line. It was really hard mm-hmm. to screw that up. I, I'm sure I thought of a million ways to screw it up. But luckily, mm-hmm. anytime, we, I think we, like I said, I think we did three takes, but I think all, I think the, I was fine for all three. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was never my fault that we had to do it again. I had many right. a job where it was my fault. That one was not. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll probably have to get to that because I, I that's that's now a question finally, right. uh, basically have you ever fucked up a take and I will tell you I've got some doozies. Um, mm-hmm. What about uh, so in between? Um, let's just go back a little bit because you know some people have a mil- like I, I interviewed a guy a friend of mine who I didn't know had done six hundred extra jobs. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, and I'm like, oh well, I, I, you should be hosting this show, not me. But in between. Did how much extra work do you think you did, and did you do any out here, or was that not did, even on the table? I, I did, I did zero, zero. I did, so just uh, the one extra gig. I did one. The, the one time I did do it, uh, my roommate Pat. Uh, when I first moved to LA, I shared uh, in North Hollywood. I had a uh, an apartment with my, a guy named Pat, and he would do a lot of extra work. Um, mm-hmm. And I would bank my road money as a stand up, and that's how I would live. And he would do extra work, and and he would always call in the night before. I, that's how mm-hmm. it worked at the time. I remember Oof. him calling up and. And, uh, you know, to see what was needed the next day. Mm-hmm. And if you were right for it, you pressed one or something and they would send you on to the, the next level. And you would either get uh, the call to come in or not. I, f- I forget exactly how it worked, but that's how it worked then. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, hey, you should do this with me. You should do it. So the one time I was going to do it with him uh, was going to be on that movie with Joey. His name's not Joey. That's his character on Friends. Matt LeBlanc. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the, the monkey baseball movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed, um, maybe. Was Ed, maybe. Hmm? Um, I think so. And it was rained out. So there was the, the one time I was going to do it. Damn it. Uh, because Pat was like, dude, this is the easiest extra work in the world. We just yeah. sit in the stands. Yeah. We just sit in stands and cheer when they tell us to mm-hmm. and read a book when they don't. This is the yeah. easiest. And like, okay, I'll do that one and, and go and make, you know, uh, you know, at the time it was $8 an hour. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll make, uh, I'll make 80 bucks for the yeah. 10 hours or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'm sitting at home doing nothing. And, and it was rained out. The one, the one time it rains all year. Um, and so I didn't do that, but I did do one time where I did extra work sitting in the audience for a talk show. I did do that. Yeah. 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 Um, for, uh, man, Dr. Will Miller, Dr. Will Miller, I think is what it was. Okay. Okay. And I remember that, that, uh, I I think he was a comic as well who, uh, there's also, oddly enough, there's another comic named Dr. Will Miller in Chicago now, but it's not the same guy. Weird. Uh, he had a daytime talk show. And I sat there doing that and remember just thinking, this is the worst four hours of my life. Mm-hmm. This is, it doesn't get worse than this. This is, yeah. no amount of money is worth this nightmare. Yeah. And and it was only like four hours. It was like $32, <laughs> which, by the way, I you want to hand me $32 right now? I, 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 who doesn't need $32? Yeah. But I remember just like, and being yelled at, not just me, but mm-hmm. all of us, you know, mm-hmm. keep your energy up focused yeah you can't have your eyes closed like it just was fucking so horrible. instead of a warm-up comic you know they've got that that's uh boy at least a warm-up comic is trying and you feel bad if they're doing poorly at least there's that you know what i'm there, saying there there yeah there, in fact there was the warm-up comic and it was a woman who there was okay uh but then they were like okay deborah we're ready and then she would go away and then we'd be yelled at um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh okay. that was the only extra work i did yeah at all besides that light of day that would be it I got paid to be a laugher on a show that went almost nowhere, um, but it was by the Will and Grace guys. But I got paid to laugh at a very unfunny show. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Like you would sit in a room and watch the, the video and then we, they the, record live. The no, live audience. But they paid oh. some of us 75 bucks flat just to sit there for five hours and let them shoot a really boring, unfunny show. Um, oh, it's too bad. Yeah. It's called Four Kings. starred Seth Green and some other guys i've never heard of actually i think they're all famous way more famous than i am um but you know i don't know anything uh and then i also got paid to do prices right once which was wait you got paid to do prices right yes we were not allowed to participate because it was uh military day um so they got all their military then they needed some buffer and so we got paid to be the buffer and just watch drew carey be charming and watch people play it was 
good time. Um, sorry, that's, sometimes that's part of the show. I bring up my incredibly I, I boring like, stories. I I disagree. I like hearing okay. your stories as much as I like hearing my own voice. Okay, well that's delightful. Um, I want to. Boy, do we get to this already? No, no. we shouldn't. No, we can't. We can't get to this part because we got to get to some other like five and under uh, bit parts, as it were. I don't know okay. if the word bit parts. Hit me with it. We got Monk. We don't have to talk about Monk, but. Is Monk five or under, or is Monk? I don't. You know, you got quite a bit of screen time in that, so I don't know. You tell me. I it might be. You know, actual lines might be five or under, but there is a lot of screen time. I will give you that. Yes, Uh, there is. uh, What else did I do before that? Well, I did. uh, I did that seventy show. Oh right, um, yeah. Where uh, that one's a pretty decent sized role. That one Mm -hmm. was. uh, uh, That one was um, interestingly uh, the 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 long the short version of the long story of that was. I was uh, cast to play the station manager who fires Elijah Dushku. Uh, oh, no, okay. Who fi- no, who fires Hot Donna and replaces her with Eliza Dushku. So I had a couple oh, of okay. scenes, and uh, I remember I had, a, I had a really good audition for that. Uh, uh, the casting director I had auditioned for a lot, and so he brought me right to producers, mm-hmm. and I had a really good audition. It was one that, like, a, a very rare, I left and got in my car and felt good about it. Okay, um, okay. And... Um, uh, and then I got it, and and I guess what ended up happening was, uh, I, did we talk about this one before? It was Howard Hessman or Tommy Chong or somebody was the station manager. Tommy Chong was on this show. I know that for sure. Um, I wonder if it but, was him or Howard Hessman. Okay. And they were they were having contract problems, so I was the new station manager. Interesting. Okay. And I remember we so we we rehearsed, and you know it was only three days on the set. It was wonderful, and. Uh, and so we're shooting it, and, and we, so between, uh, you know, uh, the dress rehearsal in the uh, in the uh, afternoon and the night taping, I'm back in rehearsal, getting I'm back in the makeup room, getting touch up, and Topher Grace is like, "Hey man, I just want to tell you, everybody thinks you're hysterical." And I would I was getting big laughs. I was actually, right. uh, which was you know, of course, gives you confidence, and so you're sure. not scared. And um, and I remember I asked for a mug. I wanted a mug as a prop to hold mm-hmm. a coffee mug. And I remember saying, hey, can I get a mug? I, I remember in my head going, do I, am I even allowed to ask for that? Gonna, you know, I don't know if the, what the rules are on this. And and the director going, uh, can we get Jimmy a mug, please? Let's get Jimmy a mug. He, All right. Uh, actor wants a mug. And and uh, like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then here comes this mug. So uh, so I'm in the makeup room and, and Topher's like, uh, hey, man, you're, uh, boy, you're really getting some big laughs out there. In fact, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard, uh, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, bring, making you recurring and having you be the, the new station manager and coming back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh no, I had that's great, that's great. Oh, that's nice, thank you." And then now I'm in my freaking head because mm-hmm. holy mm-hmm. shit! It, now luckily, you know, it, it went well in front of the audience. The sure. Day. And uh, and then whatever happened, Howard Hessman or Tommy Chong, whoever it was, came back, and I uh, I was not a series regular. <laughs> I was not a, a recurring role. Um, I, I don't know if I ever really needed to have that information, Topher. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cut to Topher Grace tells the story. What I would do with all the guest stars is I would tell them they're going to be recurring to make them comfortable. Right. Um, right. So I did that. Uh, so that's somebody's show. And then I also did um, the Army show mm-hmm. uh, where I believe I have uh, one and a half lines on that where okay. I go to a bikini car wash and I pull up and the guy says, Aloha, Mr. Hand. I nod because there's no line for me to say hello. Uh-huh. And then I said, give me the I'll take a wash or whatever. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, we're closed. And I yell, no, as the camera, like, I think, zooms in on my face. Um, and uh, that uh, I had to drive a car. So I got a little extra money because I had to drive yeah. a, a car in the uh, up to the car wash. And um, uh, so that was I think that was it. Just one, of the, like basically one and a half lines in that. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, I did some other stuff. I don't really Becker. remember. I know you did I, oh, I did Becker. Yeah, of course. Your that was before dancing. Uh, that was great. I had a great mm-hmm. audition for that. Um, and then I remember the very, so we, I get to the set for Becker and, uh, overwhelming. It's always, I've never been comfortable on a set ever, ever, okay. ever, ever. Okay. I, uh, I, I, you know, you're joining a, a family. You're you know. the outsider. They're a family. And, um, but Ted Danson did everything in his power to make me comfortable. He really did. And, That's nice. um, uh, I just had one scene. Uh, some other young man was the other guest role. Uh, he was kind of like uh, some student learning about being a doctor. And so like the, the, the episode was about him. And I was a, a patient who was bamboozling 
uh, uh, Ted Danson to get uh, some free uh, uh, tongue uh, tongue depressors. So, um, uh, Dumb so so I meet Ted Danson. He is again very nice. The entire crew and cast were nice. Like they were all professional. They you know they had been doing the show for so long. Ted Danson has been doing it forever. There's no nobody stressed out on the set. They're all really nice people. Mm-hmm. And um, I had happened I had happened to take acting classes from a guy named I want to say David Kagan when I first moved to LA and um, uh, he was friends with Ted Danson. Okay. And so I said to Ted, Oh, by the way, I used to take classes from David Kagan. He goes, Oh, my old college roommate. And then, so we talked about uh, acting classes for a little bit. So it was uh, again, nice. And mm-hmm. then we go into to rehearse my scene and Ted Danson. So Ted Danson, he goes, Hey, Mr. Ford, uh, to me and I go, you know, hello, whatever my line is. And, uh, do you mind if this kid uh, shadows me today? He's learning about this guy. Oh, no, no problem at all. And then he goes, okay, first things first. He's talking to the kid now. First things first. And he goes to grab my ankle because I was there for a broken ankle or a hurt ankle. First things first. He grabs my ankle and the, the kid goes, you wash your hands? And, and Ted Danson goes, right, right, wash your hands. And he delivered it in such a, in that Ted Danson way, you know, that mm-hmm. perfect, Ted, you know, again, I, I think Michael J. Fox and Ted Danson are the best two sitcom actors ever. Mm-hmm. And, Ted Danson, so he does, he says, oh, right, right, and then turns around to go to the sink, and I laugh. <laughs> I just break character and laugh. Uh-huh. And nobody got mad. It's rehearsal. Sure. And um, so I, uh, uh, so we do it again, and uh, okay, great. And nobody's ever, I'm, the kid's getting direction, Ted's getting direction, I'm never getting any direction. So mm. I'm like, well, I must be doing something right, because I was always told, unless they tell you something, of course, you're doing you're okay. Doing what you're doing, yeah. But I would come back and I would say to like the other, there was one other guy that had a small guest star role and I would say, yeah, I just wish they would tell me something. Like, mm-hmm. give me some sort of feedback. And so finally, um, I did a thing, I did a take where uh, I said, he goes, you just came for the tongue depressors, right? And I go, I did. And he goes, take them. And I grab, the, I grab a handful and then I improvised. I, I start walking out, I turn around and grab the whole box. <laughs> And the place goes crazy. I took. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. See what happens. And the yeah. worst I could say is no. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did it. And the place a huge laugh. And then the director comes over and goes, "Perfect. That was great." And I walked off. And then the other. I remember the actor saying, "Well, you finally got your direction." So like, <laughs> it it felt good to finally get it. And then when we shot in front of the audience, the first take was. Uh, I, I thought I did an okay job. And I, when it was over, Ted. Uh, when we did the first take, Ted's like. Uh, hey, what's wrong? You seem down. And I said, I kind of screwed that up. He goes, that's why we do too. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, then Ted, I see Ted talking to the, the, to the uh, producer. And then the producer came over to me. And I'm like, oh, what the shit is this now? And he goes, hey, Ted thinks you're great, but uh, don't hold back this time. Really, really let him have it. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I uh, he goes, take the governor off a little bit. I remember the, that word. Okay. And not really knowing what that meant. I wasn't aware of the phrase, take the governor off. Right, right. Um, and I figured it out based on, you know, clues from the other sentences around that <laughs> of what to do. And um, you haven't repaired a lot of golf carts in your time is what you're saying. No, no I have not. I don't <laughs> know uh, uh, what, uh, what, 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 I didn't, I didn't understand what is, what do politics have to do with it? Like I just <laughs> didn't understand it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so when I came back and Ted goes, uh, "Hey, uh, uh, not as big as he just said." So it's like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so we did it again, and it went fine. And then it was done. And then you have uh, it's over, and you're done, and you're now. Then you go back to being sad because you're no longer uh, in front of cameras. <laughs> uh, so there was Becker. And then, then is it Monk? Is then is it Monk? Uh, let's see. According we got uh, IMDb boy, oh boy. page. Actually, we got Becker. Then we got uh, Funny Money. Where that's big laughs, get your big bucks, then get you canceled. Thank you. That '70s show. Uh, right. A few other things. Then um, oh, the sad one, the one that I really wish we could see you in, which is Dream Girls. Oh, that was the. God damn it! Uh, that's too long of a story to get into. I know. Uh, just, Long story short, Jimmy's cut from it, and it's not fair. I would really no. love to see that footage. I would really you and love me to see both, that brother. Boy, do I wish God I could even get the footage. God uh, damn, that'd be great. Because it, I, I was able to movie? see. What's that? Who directed that film? Somebody big, right? Probably. I don't, oh, what oh the Bill heck is Condon. His name? Bill, Bill Condon. Condon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yes, uh, a couple things after that. 
uh, you are the association president. That is your name. That is your character uh, name in Monk 2008. In Monk. Uh, by the way, the Dreamgirls was just one line. That was, mm-hmm. uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Crystal Ballroom is proud to, re- uh, proud, to re- proud to present for the first time the Dreams. Um, Great. And come on. Did two takes. Mm-hmm. Um, we only did a second one because uh, uh, he was mad at the lighting, didn't get it. Uh, and um, I remember when I was done doing my one line on Dreamgirls, I had been there, by the way, for about 15 hours to do my one line. Oh, my. Oh, my. And okay. they literally took a break from doing the big dance number in Dreamgirls. Uh-huh. Uh, really, the nicest thing, hey, let's just do that guy's line and let him go home. Like, it yeah. really was that. <laughs> yeah. And and the girls need a break anyway, I believe somebody said. So while uh, uh, I, I forget her name. Uh, Naomi Rose, whatever the other actress's name, Jennifer Hudson and oh, Beyonce, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. all literally sat five feet away from me while I shot this thing. My goodness. And I did one, and he goes, right, let's do another one. The lighting. Okay, so then I did another one, and uh, he gave me a little bit of direction uh, on what to do the second time. Mm-hmm. I did it, and he goes, can't get better than that. That's a wrap on Jimmy Pardo. All right. And I turn, I turn to the girls. I go, that's 15 hours of work right there, ladies. <laughs> and... I uh, got a laugh and then uh, left and then uh, was cut out of the movie. That's I'm always guessing... the best moment, though, right? Laughing at somebody and getting a laugh from the big fuckers in the room. I mean, Just, I, I like it. Uh, it. It was great. It was. Uh, uh, but then, of course, as, when I was cut out, I was like started second guessing myself. Did, were they mad that I made a joke? Were they <laughs> mad about that? <laughs> yes, they, they give a shit about that. They, they, right. They didn't need you in the movie, idiot. That's why they were, you were unnecessary to the plot. Just cut for time. I mean, that just that right. shit happens all the time. What are you going to do? Um, and then came Monk, yes. which uh, I auditioned for. Um, I got called into uh, the, uh, I believe the cast director again knew me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he very rare for very rare for me, direct to producers. Um, I did it. They thought it was great. I got mm-hmm. the, I got hired. Um I went to the uh, set mm-hmm. um, and I uh, obviously waited around and um, and then uh, it was time to start. And I think I think the director said, hey, you don't have any lines here. Uh, but the way that we're shooting this is like it's kind of a crane shot overhead and then we'll land on you in your position. But until then, we're going to hear you talking. So why don't you wrangle everybody up? All so right. uh, so he's like, and say whatever you want. So I kind of was, like, oh, OK. And so. Uh, I, I forget what I said, but like, uh, all right, come on, folks, we're getting started here. Here we go, though. That a boy. There we go, young man. Like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do, do a typical part of bullshit. Sure, sure. And and then landing in the spot. And I remember the first take. If I got one of the words right, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, you know, whatever it was. We're proud to have these people here, or whatever the heck it was. That, uh, you know, with acclaimed chess master, so and so. Like I got, I, I if it was the. I'm going to make something up. If it was the if it was the uh, the Roy Rogers Chess Club, I know I I, I went. Uh, hey, welcome to the Rogers Roy Chess Club. Like I, I like everything. <laughs> yeah. And but there were bigger problems with with staging, mm-hmm. so nobody noticed that I fucked up. So, <laughs> but except for the script consultant who came over and it's like, uh, and I, she goes, you know, right? I go, I know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and then we did it again. And what I did, what I started. So so it's um. Oh, what David uh, Strathern? Strathern, right? Uh, however, you say his name. Yes, I, uh, uh, I think it's Strathern. I think it is. You probably so. Right. So he would go. For, he he's playing chess with four different people, and so I say, you no, know, please welcome him. Uh, you know, start up the games or whatever. I don't. I don't even know if that line stayed in it. You know, let the games begin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, I I made a decision to mirror his move and move from each chess board along with him okay and i remember going you know again you know if i just get out of the way i'm out of the way if i do this the lead in rehearsal the least they could say is jimmy don't do that yeah and they said uh hey jimmy don't do that uh so uh <laughs> you know just uh you know you're, you're all you know and they you know you know how directors can be nice but they spin it nicer they're like sure you know you're you're all business you're all business you know you you say your speech you welcome him you're all business you're you know you're off Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not the type that's going to linger. Like, he, he made me feel good about telling me my idea was shit. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, we did that. And then for some reason, we had um, we had a break in between. Literally, in the middle of us shooting it, mm-hmm. it was lunch. And like, I don't even like, yeah. why did you why did you start this right before lunch? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I remember walking around and getting the food and stuff. And, and both 
Tony Shalhoub and David Strather are, are telling me how funny I am. Man, you're so funny. Boy, this is great. Oh, my God, what a funny scene. You're so funny in this. I don't know if there's any funny. I don't there's understand it. A, there's not a single joke in there, but... It, uh, I, I, maybe they were talking about me corralling the people. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. they found that entertaining. Oh, uh, yeah. Evan, the young man, I think that was his first job. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. And he came over to me and he's like, oh, man, you're making me feel so comfortable. You're so funny and making me feel loose. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, man. I, there's, <laughs> there's, first of all, I'm inside. I'm stressed out of my mind because I've screwed up the lines already. Sure. sure. And uh, uh, but then I heard back. Paul F. Tompkins was friends with the, one of the producers. He said, hey, man, I just got word that you were they thought you were hysterical on the set today. I'm like, <laughs> all right. I yeah. don't know what the frick they're talking about, but I'll take it. <laughs> And, I mean, uh, you play as a very joyful presence on screen. Uh, you're fun to watch. You work. But I, that's interesting. I, the thing is, like, you were doing a lot of shit in between that probably was really perking up there. I don't ears. think so, Jason. No, I, I don't. I, 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 I was, uh, in between, I was over there panicked that I got the two <laughs> words wrong. Like, uh, but, you know, it ends up being a nice piece of tape. And so yeah. I, I did that. Yeah. I don't remember any of the things you're talking about. I was there. But that's because I was worried that I was going to die, you know, at any moment. You know, if I don't get this $80, no, it's more like 50 at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I will probably starve to death. That's I think it's fascinating think. that you and I were both there on the same day and mm -hmm. now we're friends. I think that is yeah, uh, that is craziness. And uh, it, how funny would it be, by the way, if you did remember all these details and you go, oh, yeah, there wasn't uh, a lot of problem. You were fucking up your life. Right, lives. right, right. <laughs> that was my first thought of like, oh, my God, thank God nothing's coming flooding back to me all of a sudden. Right? Like, yeah, there was this really annoying guy on fucking oh, on set. God. Couldn't handle it. I just remember being excited that David Strathern uh, was there. And I'm, I'm a fucking massive Tony Shalhoub fan mm -hmm. from probably going back to Wings. Even though He was great was, on Wings. I mean, uh, he might have been the good part of it. I love Stephen Weber. Actually, I love everybody on that show. Maybe it's a good show. I don't know. I'll have to. I'm I think it's a good show that we just got uh, a little uh, worn out on because it was they on for it like constantly. nine years or some shit and yeah. didn't need to be. Um, um, but I think I think it was a good show that, uh, uh, at least for the time, I remember mm -hmm. laughing at it and enjoying it. And and when I finally met Stephen Weber, being excited about meeting Stephen Weber because he was so great on that show. Yeah, I sold him some baby toys at uh, FAO Schwartz, and he was very oh. nice. Oh. Yeah. See, he's a nice man. He's a very kind gentleman. Uh, I really wish I, you know, the thing is like, you've got all these memories because of course, if you've got lines, this stuff is like registers and you remember, and I'm just, this is another, I hate being here. Uh, it's too warm. I don't want to break these glasses because I've done that before. Uh, it wasn't my fault. I swear to God, it was on CSI. Oh, I, the glasses just broke. I was just oh, walking. It broke. And just shatter. They just shatter. And then Glenn Headley looks at me stares oh, daggers into me and i'm like oh fuck and I, I it wasn't i wasn't me she and she was seemed uh unhappy that i had oh, broken these see, that, that's i see that I, I i don't like i've been very lucky that this set made me comfortable becker made me comfortable mm -hmm. that 70 show they've all made me comfortable mm -hmm. uh but yet i'm never comfortable i'm never i, I never like i never like being there mm -hmm. um it's uh you know, you hear the old stories of, you know, you can get fired at the table read. You can be yeah, fired yeah. at any time. And, you know, how can you be comfortable as an actor? I, I know I know good actors can do that. I'm not yeah. good enough to <laughs> to be comfortable in that. I'm always, you know, worried. And and so um, I probably was just as uh, uh, hot and annoyed as you were that day. And just uh, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I just want to mm -hmm. go home. I just want to go home. I just want to. Uh, yeah, I remember we uh, we had to park at the Wilshire Ebell, and they would mm -hmm. uh, shuttle us over. Yep. Uh, to the uh, to whatever weird fancy schmancy house. Oh my God, yeah. That, that had was a, always the weirdest thing, especially being an extra. By the way, getting shuttled to this a uh, fancy house is very strange. It's weird, right? And mm -hmm. that house had a tennis court and a pool. Oh yeah. That was on a lot that was like lower than the house lot, mm -hmm. to where like it looked like they tore another house down. And then built oh, the yeah, tennis court huh. pool. That's how huge it was. Like, mm -hmm. where the f are we? This is in a residential area. This looks <laughs> like it's, you know, like a museum. It's so huge. This place. It was crazy. I was an extra on the Hangover for three days, and the house. We we talked to the lady who owned the house because we were so far off. Literally, we were deep background, like as far off as you can be. And she's just like, yeah. No, this is okay. This is fine. And we're, I wish I could not imagine because everybody's tramping through her house. She's like, no, I paid for my kid's school. And it's like, holy fuck, how much are they paying you? Now, you're rich enough already, lady, considering right. a Pasadena 
several story house, but holy fuck, I can't imagine how much they. You know, we got contacted once. Danielle and I, a guy came to our door and he said, uh, "Hey, would you ever be interested in having um, using your house for uh, for uh, a set?" Okay. Uh, and we were, you know, we talked about it like, no, no, no. And then the guy like literally said, you know, you make, I don't remember what the mom was. You make mm -hmm. X amount of money a day. Mm -hmm. You got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it on. How many days do you need, my man? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, they came, they took photographs of our house and they, they measured everything. And then uh, they did not use our house, uh, which was a bummer because it was like one of those like, this will pay for our vacation. This will yeah, be, yeah. yeah. It's because it's crazy money to use mm -hmm. your house. And if you don't, if you don't have pets, uh, you know it's much easier to just get the fuck out for a couple of days and go to a hotel. So right, if you have to, you know. Right. I, uh, I forget what the I forget what the TV show was. Uh, it was you know it was a show that was on, but mm -hmm. I, I don't remember what it was. But uh, damn it, I remember going? Yeah, you know what? For the money, we can go to a hotel for three days. Use our yeah. place. Let's go. Yeah, of course. God yeah. damn it. That's that's annoying. I, I, I wish you'd have gotten it, Jimmy. I really yeah, I mean, well, listen, we can't. Uh, I've had enough good luck in my life. Uh, I guess that was just one that didn't come my way. How about let's do this? Okay. Let's do five and over, which is the only segment on this podcast where we talk about one role, either five lines or under, or your extra role in that movie with Michael J. Fox. And you t it can be spun off in any direction. does not have to be the same medium. does not have to be the same genre. So it can be a comedy going to a drama. It can be a fucking movie going to a comic book. I don't care. Uh, I'd like to think it'd be that guy that went to see Michael J. Fox's band in that bar. I think, okay. I think that that young man had some dreams, and he was there to, to see what it's like to start out at the bottom and then become a big rock star. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that guy. You know what? He puts his earring back on. Mm -hmm. He gets hoping. some. He gets some photographs with the rest of his band, and uh, and they go on, and they're a very successful band. Uh, and that's a. Uh, uh, it's against type for me, but it's a drama. It's a mm. drama. All right. And uh, we get to see uh, all about the uh, that guy. That would be Jimbo. <laughs> if I all about Jimbo. Uh -huh. we call, and we call it Jimbo. And it's, it's produced by Michael J. Fox. Mm -hmm. And uh, we all make a couple of bucks out of it. Can we make this movie now? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get his people on the line and see sure, if he's give, willing to do a sequel, a, a spinoff. Give, give Mike a call. See if, uh, if he's interested in <laughs> being bored by Jimbo from... <laughs> that uh, uh, shoot. Uh, Here's the thing, Jimmy. Uh, I have fantasies of if I won the lottery, the things I would do. And one of them is something that stupid where I would be, right? Jimmy, you have no choice but to do this movie given the amount of money I will now give you. You right. have to do this movie. Michael J. Fox doesn't have to, but I bet I could get a cameo for a few thousand dollars and yes. then make the movie happen. So if I, so I'm just saying this right now. If I win the lottery and it's a substantial amount, we're making that Jimbo. I'm in. Movie. I'm ready to go. Thank I, you. Uh, I, I can go to a Claire's boutique or something and get a clip mm -hmm. on your ring. Mm -hmm. Hell, for that kind of money, I'll get an earring. <laughs> okay, but there we go. Um, this nope, that's not the right thing. Oh, I was going to ask you. Yes, what is this? Is a new question on the show. Your favorite craft service item on set. I'm always uncomfortable eating the actual food. Really? I don't know, I don't know why. I'm, okay. I'm uncomfortable getting like, uh, oh, yeah, we're all having pork chops. Mm -hmm. I'm uncomfortable with that. So I always fill up on the cookies <laughs> and yeah. uh, and the junk food. I, I, I've gotten better about it. But back in those days, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, now I understand, hey, that's your dinner or lunch eating. It's eat. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but back in uh, back in the, like in, in the Becker days mm -hmm. uh, or that 70s show, uh, I either grabbed the food and, and brought it to my trailer so I'd be away from everybody. Uh huh. Or I would just throughout the day nibble on the, the snacks and then when dinner came, wouldn't mm -hmm. be hungry. There's a lot of, I mean, I can imagine just knowing who I am and maybe knowing some of our personality similarities, I would at the very be, at least be like, oh, I don't belong here. Be a lot of imposter syndrome. I should not have this at all. And I've done that before as an extra um, because you definitely can't actually do some shit as an extra. There's a lot you're not allowed to do or eat. Um, it's ridiculous. It's the, insane. The, the, the hierarchy is, hierarchy. yeah. We're, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And uh -huh. Uh, and, and that's the one thing I did learn from from the adults on that 70s show. It's mm -hmm. like they treated everybody equally and they're like, we're all just working actors. Like we right. just happen to be lucky right now to have a full time gig. Yeah. And uh, I forget who said that it was. It was one of the fathers on. Uh, OK. On that 70s show said that to somebody because uh, what ended up happening. This is funny. Like uh, the uh, we went into somebody's trailer. I forget which of the big stars wouldn't leave their trailer. So we had to do the reading in. In uh, uh, in their trailer. Oh my god! And Eliza <laughs> Dushku uh, was the other. Like I said, she was the other guest star that day, and she mm -hmm. sat with the guest stars, 
And she knew all these guys because all these young actors all knew each other. They said, sure. Eliza, come and sit over here. And she's like, no, no, I sit down here. And they're like, come on, that's what I guess. But you sit with us, your your friend. And she's like, no, I'll sit down here. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know the I don't know the actor's name. He's bald. Uh-huh. Uh, you've seen him in everything. He's a yeah, really yeah. Good, he's a good actor. He's, thing, he's like really he, well known, and I can't I can never draw his name. I was trying to do it the other day. Jesus Christ, I can't pull it. I yep. I can hear yep. the rhythm of his voice in my head, but I can't pull it. Mm-hmm. It is uh, Kurtwood Smith. Jesus Christ, that's it. So he turned to her and like not condescendingly just kind of went good for you and yeah. and i happen to be close enough to hear the conversation that i just said he's turning he goes you know we're all just working actors we're mm-hmm. I, you know it's like nobody it's ridiculous that there's a, a star thing and like i was like again i was not part of that conversation i just overheard it it wasn't sure. even meant for me to hear yeah but it was like in my head it was like what a good guy what a yeah i've i've been in situations where i've heard the opposite um Oh, I really? A, I have a Mad Men story. It's fine, though. Uh, I was on Mad Men a lot. Mm. Um, and still probably my favorite set to be on, though, because uh, it was, uh, despite all the things, by the way, that uh, David Weiner's been accused of, and I do, I'm not in any way trying to wipe that off, but I just have one story that does involve him, so just so everybody knows, I know that he's a, a reputed potentially creep. But um, <laughs> I was on set, and I wear sub- subscription glasses? Yes, subscription glasses. I get one <laughs> sure, a week. you get a new one every Jesus month. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Prescription glasses, and I'm on set in my 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 nice tailored suit, because I think I was probably a permanent ec- or a regular extra by then, and... In walks David Weiner, and he stops right here and just turns to me, and he's like, are you wearing those glasses? I'm like, no, 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 not not on set. Like, out of the corner of his eye, I knew that these were not the appropriate, because I had glasses where I can't see a thing uh, to right. wear that were period appropriate. Um, so it was that kind of um, insane attention to detail, which I kind of wow. loved. I kind of yeah. loved, you know, except that uh, when I wore those glasses, I had to literally be arm in arm with a woman because I would have knocked into things. Uh, oh, Jesus. I, I'm almost blind. Uh, so ah. fun time. Fun time. Uh, Jimmy, have you ever fucked up a take, speaking of uh, knocking into things? Well, I massively uh, done it. I did a commercial uh, for a local cell phone company, mm-hmm. uh, a local a Bay Area cell phone company, and um, I mean I've screwed up takes a, a billion times on, on when I was the you know hosting game shows or whatever. You know, sure. And it would and who cares? It would never bother me. But this particular one was, um, the line was, uh, but wait, what good are a million minutes if I can't use them when I want? That was the line. Mm-hmm. That. Um, I, I'm not kidding you. Mm-hmm. Took me three hours to get correct. Oh, shit. And it was one of those where it was a small production company. It was a small cell phone. They flew me from L.A. to... I auditioned. They flew me from L.A. up to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the producer was like, oh, the client loves you. And they're so excited. They can't believe they got somebody from Hollywood to do their commercial. Like, she gave me all this confidence. Mm-hmm. And I got there, and it just all went away. And I remember yeah. my, my flight was like, you know, uh, because it was a small budget, like they flew me in the night before so we could start early. My flight was at like 5 p.m. And that I think I got on a 930 flight mm. like it was. Uh, and they kept on saying, uh, hey, Jimmy, we're so sorry. We got to push your flight back. And I'm like, you're sorry. It's my fault. It's is my. <laughs> right. And it was it, Jason. I've never been more humiliated in my life. I felt yeah. Foolish, like the ad guys trying to give me a line read because I'm I'm not coming anywhere near it. It was, it was humiliating. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. I, I want to say, like I say, when I say three hours, it's uh, it had to be a, it had to be like forty takes. Like that's yeah. how freaking horrible it was. It was horrible. It was just it's because so anxiety yes. is the devil. <laughs> that's what it, anxiety does to you. I mean, it, oh. And no other actor in the, the, the like it was a spokesman type thing. Yeah. And nobody else there to to like lift me up. It was just me sure. flailing and seeing the producers at one table that would talk to each other. And right. I, it's like, well, and usually I, I always tell young people they're never talking about you. So mm-hmm. stop thinking it's about you. Sure. There sure. was no doubt in my mind that day they were talking about <laughs> me. And it was it was the worst. That was awful. Oh, boy. Uh, just awful. Would it make you feel any better? I, I'll repeat a story, but... Yes, please. I love to Okay. Uh, there's a show called Joan of Arcadia that starred uh, Amber Tamblin. Yes. Um, uh, I was on there a lot, usually as an AV type or just nerd uh, okay. often, because uh, I could still be... I was 24 or something, but I could still be um, high school age looking. And there's one thing where I was supposed to... The, the camera was going into a room 
there's a doorway, and I'm supposed to cross in front of it. And what happens is sometimes an AD will be like, cross in front of it, and they don't, in their head, they've actually misimagined how they're actually going to shoot the shot. There's no room for you to do it. I act so literally, like when Michael Scott drives off into that pond, where I'm just like, no, I have to. And so I just fucking head on right into the camera and just just destroyed a take. They were nice about it, but I destroyed a take. Jesus. Um, and then I also fell asleep on set while we were all <laughs> sitting on the floor, woke up, uh, realized I had been snoring. Uh, every Everyone on set is staring at me. And I'm just hoping they didn't know that I just had a very crazy sex dream on set because I'm so worried that that I was just vocalizing. Hopefully not. Right, right, right. Just snores. Um, talked about that one before, but that's just one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I would imagine. I couldn't imagine. I, I would literally grab my stuff and say, thank you for yeah, your time and right. leave. I stuck around for some, a boy. For some reason. <laughs> You're stronger than I am. Oh boy! Or or glutton for punishment, maybe. <laughs> Go either way. I I went with the positive. Uh, Jimmy, uh, this is going to come out. Uh, this is going to be, I believe, the premiere of season two, which is going to be oh. June twenty sixth. Exciting. Um, so, what do you have to promote, if anything? Um, I, of course, my award winning podcast, Never Not Funny, uh, which you can find at nevernotfunny.com. Uh, we're doing. Th- Three episodes a week if you are a paid right. subscriber uh, during this uh, uh, crazy time. And um, that's about it. That's really all I have going on. I can't mm-hmm. leave my house. I know. I know, Jimmy. It's not fair. It's not fair. So if they wanted to rent it right now for from you, you'd be... No, be a bad no time. thank you. I would, uh, no, thank you. Although, the, uh, depending the money, on the money... I cannot imagine how much money that was. I'd like to know how much they were paying that lady in Pasadena. I'm guessing... Yeah. I'm guessing in the tens of thousands a day, I guess, I, because of a movie. Oh, it wasn't that big of a movie. It was. It became bigger. Whatever. I was just excited to see Zach Galifianakis and Ed Helms in oh, that's person. Fun. I mean, come yeah. on. Watching those guys improvise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody knew who Bradley Cooper was, so I didn't give a fuck. But those two, holy shit. I was Isn't so that funny how he uh-huh. was the guy that nobody knew and now is probably yeah. the biggest star of them all? I probably thought the other, the fourth guy who no one remembers, who's in the right. National Treasure movies, I probably thought he was funnier than Bradley Cooper. Right. There's no doubt I did. But Ed Helms was like the star when I was there. Uh, so listen to the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. Jimmy's been a guest three times, I think, Yay! so far. Um, and uh, listen to the Dispatches from Fort Austin podcast about news radio. Listen to Dana Jay's Comedy Hour. My best friend and I talk about our sketch comedy going back to 1993. That's about it. Jimmy, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thank everyone for li- thank you everyone for listening. And there's just one thing I say at the end, which is I'm sorry I missed your thing. I don't own a TV, so there we go. You can find the professional blur on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find podcasts. And follow Jason on Instagram at Jason Klom and follow his hashtag the professional blur. Stolen dress entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!